Good evening. Today is Monday, February 26th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's ch chapter is, are the relationship chapters, 8, 9, and 10. And our speaker tonight is Francis F. Thank you, Francis. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. Um, it's nice to be here. Um, I just uh, texted uh, Susan and Esther, is this a woman's meeting? Because I feel like I am the only man here. So, um, but she said it is not. Um, so I'll start off with a, a little prayer that I love. God, let your light shine through me like a fog light. So those who are lost, sick, and dying, find your love through me. Amen. So Kendall asked me to share, and he said, share on chapters 8, 9, or 10. And I thought he said, share on steps 8, 9, or 10. And then realized I had to share on chapter 8, 9, or 10. So I picked uh, mainly two wives. And it's uh, a chapter that I <clears throat> disliked mostly. Um, and the family afterward, I disliked that one as well, as well as two employers. If I had to choose three that I'd read, not read, it would be these three. <clears throat> but um, um, I recently read Two Wives with my sponsor. And um, and that I think I'm going to read uh, part of it. Is that what you do? You, you read as well and then share on that? Okay. So uh, the part of, of Two Wives that I, that I read, um, and it kind of hit me really hard this time. Um, when I read it, you know, I, I have read Two Wives before, for sure, certainly, you know, in my 20 years of, uh, of OA plus. Um, I'm a 100 pounder, I've lost um, 55 pounds, and I'm abstinent 23 months, um, just so that's out of the way. Um, so on page 105 in, in Two Wives, our loyalty and the desire that our husbands hold up their heads and be like other men have begotten all sorts of predicaments. We have been unselfish and self-sacrificing. We have told innumerable lies to protect our pride and our husband's reputations. We have prayed, we have begged, we have been patient, we have struck out viciously, we have run away, we have been hysterical, we have been terror-stricken, we have sought sympathy, we have had retaliatory love affairs with other men. Our homes have been battlegrounds, many an evening. In the morning we have kissed and made up, our friends have considered Council chucking the men, and we have done so with finality, only to be back in a little while, always hoping. Our men have sworn great solemn oaths that they were through drinking forever. We have believed them when no one else could or would. In days, weeks, or months, a fresh outburst. A fresh outburst. We seldom had friends at our homes, never knowing how or when the men of the house would appear. We could make few social engagements. We came to live almost alone. When we were invited out, our husbands sneaked so many drinks that they spoiled the occasion. If, on the other hand, they took nothing, their self-pity made them kill joys. Um, the bill collectors, the sheriffs, the angry taxi drivers, the policemen, um, uh, the bums, the pals, even the ladies they sometimes brought home. Our husbands thought we were so inhospitable, joy killer, and... Nag, wet blanket, that's what they said. Next day they would be themselves again and we would forgive and try to forget. We have tried to hold the love of our children for their father. We have told small tots that father was sick, which was much nearer the truth than we realized. They struck the children, kicked out door panels, smashed treasured crockery and, and ripped keys out of pianos. In the midst of pandemonium, 
They have rushed out, threatened to live with the other woman forever in desperation. We have all even gotten tight ourselves, the drunk to end all drunks. The unexpected result was that our husband seemed to like it. At this point, we got a divorce, took the children home to mom, mother, and father. They were severely criticized by our husband's parents for dis desertion. Usually, we did not leave. We stayed on, and we finally sought employment ourselves as institution faced us and our families. And I'll skip over to here. And he said, how could men who love their wives and children be so unthinking, so callous, so cruel? There could be no love in such persons, we thought, and just as we were being convinced of their heartlessness, they would surprise us with fresh resolves and new attentions. For a while, they would be their old sweet selves, only to dash the new structure of affection to pieces once more. Ask why they commenced to drink again, they would only reply with some silly excuse or none. It was so baffling, so heartbreaking. Could we have been so mistaken in the men we married? When drinking, they were strangers. Sometimes they were so inaccessible that it seemed as though a great wall had been built, built around them. And even if they did not love their families, how could they be so blind about themselves? What had become of their judgment, their common sense, their willpower? Why could they not see that drink meant to ruin them? Why was it when these dangers were pointed, pointed out that they agreed and then they got drunk again immediately. So I read that with my sponsor, and um, and I saw myself in there for the first time this time around. And and in, uh, uh, I'm personally I'm I'm going through a divorce right now, um, and um, these words never meant so much to me until I read it this time around. And compulsive eating, I guess like any addiction, I can only speak for that, compulsive eating ruins relationships. It ruins lives. It ruins relationship with kids. It ruins relationship with wives, with husbands. And it's insidious because, like it said in, in this chapter here, as a compulsive eater, I don't even realize that it's ruining the relationship. I had no idea that it's ruining the relationship, as it said here. When asked, you know, you know, why why do I do this? You know, um, did I go to a party and uh, I'm I'm not going to eat anything? You know, and, or and then come home and then eat everything? You know, or my wife said this to me all the time. I never knew who you were going to be when you walked through the door. I was always walking on eggshells and she thought it was just part of my character defects of just my personality. But when reading this, I know it was, was I binging the night before? Was I eating all day long? And when I came through the door, was it something that set me off that now would I laugh at, you know, would never set me off now after, 23 months of abstinence, you know, but back then it could have been shoes by the front door, you know, a jacket left on the floor, you know, could have set me off, you know, um, dishes in the sink, you know, could have been anything, but it was all a direct result of was I eating? I would start the day off every day with a great resolve that this was going to be the day that I was going to stop compulsively eating. And I would somehow 
wind up at the store buying the round things with the holes in it, you know. And then after that, it was effort. This day's shot. This will start again tomorrow. And then I started in with eating, you know, whatever I wanted. I own a business, and and I'm the boss, and therefore I have free license to do whatever the hell I want. And at least so I told myself. And when I came home, by then I was ferociously angry with everything and everything, anyone and everything. And when I got home, I took it out on everyone. And um, there was many a night where I was alone and downstairs eating. The kids were in bed. The wife was upstairs, you know. We spent no time together. And I spent all those years binging eating, binging eating. And every night I woke up and every day I was going to be, you know, a different person. But I never was. And I never realized to the extent of what that does to people, what that does. I thought it was just, well, I'm overweight, you know, and well, she's kind of overweight too, you know, so, but, you know, she needs a good diet. I need a program, you know. I need I needed a new way of living. Um, and it was, it was, when I was just reading it, I was getting, you know, choked, filled up because I was just, you know, again, reminded of the, of my, my personality all through that time, all through my entire marriage, that this is who I was, you know, um, and, and e even my, my kids say, you know, we never knew who you were going to be when you walked through that door. And, um, and I didn't even know. So, um, so, like I said, I, I identified with it very much. But, as it says over here on page 111, it is possible to have a full and useful life, um, even happy, under these conditions. So, um, I, I am uh, I'm happy in, in a sense that that is true and, and that that was um, I kind of kind of stole that word and, and made something around it but it is it is possible to have a full and useful life and in doing the steps and doing the program and and learning to be a, of service to people it is um, really changed my life in in innumerable ways and just thank God nowadays stuff that used to bother me it really doesn't bother me any, anymore um, Luckily, I was able to make amends to people um, and, and you know, clear my side of the street as well as find out whatever else I could do, you know, for, um, for my family and for my wife. Whew, okay. Um, the next part I want to read here, and my second least favorite chapter, would be uh, The Family Afterward. And it said... Uh, Family confidence in dad is rising high. That's on page 123. The good old days will soon be back. They think, sometimes they demand that dad bring them back instantly. God, they believe, almost owes this recompense on a long overdue account. But the head of the house has spent years in pulling down the structures of business, romance, friendship, health. These things are now ruined or damaged. It will take time to clear away the wreck. Though 
Old buildings will eventually be replaced by finer ones. The new structures will take years to complete. Um, father knows he is to blame. It may take him many seasons of hard work to be restored financially, but he shouldn't be reproached. Perhaps he will never have much money again, but the wise family will admire him for what he is trying to be rather than for what he is trying to get. Now and then the family will be played by specters from the past for the drinking career of almost every alcoholic has been marked by escapades, funny, humiliating, shameful, or tragic. The first impulse will be to bury the skeletons in a dark closet and padlock the door. The family may be possessed by the idea that future happiness can be based only upon forgetfulness of the past. We think such a view is self-centered and in direct conflict with the new way of living. You know, what I, what I really got out of that is you can't go back to the old ways. And, and I think... Um, even myself, you know, and, and the family itself, you know, the old ways are when I was compulsively eating, you know, and what we, what I have to do is surrender to a new way of life. And, and unfortunately, sometimes, you know, the, the, the family doesn't get that. And then I'm kind of glad that these chapters were written in a sense, you know, because, um, it kind of gives a, a, a clearer picture of, of what life is like now versus what life was like then. Um, again, father knows he is to blame. That kind of punched me in the face when I read it, you know. And um, and I know that there's a lot of uh, mistakes that I have made, you know, um, in the family. And But, you know, through the amends process, I was able to, you know, clear up as many as, as I could. Um, and, um, yeah. So, um, so, I think that's about really all I want to say. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Francis, for sharing. It's wonderful. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask that you accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. I'll call the raised hands in order and the Zoom host will ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay. Um, Amy, you're up first. Welcome, Amy. Betty, uh, actually, it's it's Claudine. Is it Claudine on everyone else's screen? Yes. You want me? You want me to call? Um, then you're muted. I was going by the participants list. 
Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. You can okay. do that too, Meredith, if you want. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, Claudine, go ahead. Um, um, Claudine, Recover Compulsive Eater. Francis, that was an amazing share. First of all, I appreciate your vulnerability. I mean, it was just such a testimony of what this program can do and how we we can't see what we can't see. We can't, you know, it's so difficult um, right before the miracle happens where you're just blinded to everything. And then all of a sudden your eyes are just, they're miraculously open and you're able to see um, not just the power that you can access through God to, to recover, but also the wreckage. And it's so hard to have your eyes open to the wreckage and then, and then hear the words that it's trouble of our own making. I mean, it is, It's just, it's hard to describe, but at the same time, it is such a, a redemptive cleansing of everything. And you get to start over and you get all these blessings in the midst of the pain, but we have to go through all that pain to get to recovery. And it, your story just touches on every bit of that. And so I am so so glad that you have all these months of recovery and that you're able to tell your story because a lot of people, um, it's hard to be that vulnerable. And I just truly appreciate your share. Thank you. Thank you, Claudine. Susan, share with us, please. Thank you, Meredith. Hi, everyone. Susan, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And so nice that I could be here this evening because of work I normally can't anymore. Thank you, Francis, for your share. And, you know, you all know, not you know, but, you know, step 12 has three parts. And this part is all about practicing these principles in all my affairs with my family, with the people who I work with, the people who I date, the people who I pass by on the street, everybody who comes into contact with me, I get to practice. And for me, to the wives, because I'm not a wife, you know, it's about everything that happened regardless in my house, how my family constantly begged, how I behaved, how I struck out viciously, how I would slam my bedroom door, how, why are you picking on me? all of these things non nonstop and swearing off and solemn oaths and haven't you seen the new chart I made? Let me put it on the fridge because this is the one that will solve every issue for everyone because please do it as well at the same time. And then, you know, it reminds us of where God comes into this as well. You know, on page 116, it's, they remind us that we've told you previously in this book, I'm paraphrasing, that your life will be much better when lived on a spiritual plane. And it's said in the beginning that we feel our book has its advantages for all. And obviously we know, I mean, I believe you all know, so not sounding condescending, but Bill Wilson's wife and Dr. Bob's wife started Al-Anon. And obviously from the lives that they led, God bless them, right? And it reminds me here that, if God can solve the age-old oh age riddle of alcoholism, overeating, vomiting, starving, whatever it is that you do, he can solve your problems too. 
So this encompasses everybody and it's it's an umbrella if people choose to get under it. But again, we can't force people and it even talks about when you make amends to not stress that God part, the spiritual part, but I can live by example. Um, and then, you know, you talked about in the family afterwards um, and it talks so much about commencing shoulder to shoulder. And then, of course, and I'll wrap it up on page 130, this dream world has been replaced by a great sense of purpose, accompanied by a growing consciousness of the power and God in our lives. We've come to believe he would like to, us to keep our head in the clouds with him, but that our feet ought to be firmly planted on earth. That is where our fellow travelers are, and that is where our work must be done. These are the realities for us. We have found nothing incompatible between a sp powerful spiritual experience and a life of sane and happy usefulness. And with that, I will pass. And if you are new, welcome to Overeaters Anonymous. Don't leave before your miracle. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. Um, Jill, would you share with us, please? Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm compulsive eater. Um, Francis, wow. That really, that really got to me. Thank you so much for your share and vulnerability. And um, it really brought me back to what I still need to do every day with my husband for kind of all I put him through over the long haul. I don't think about that that much anymore. But you reminded me about that. And when you said we can't go back, I just kept thinking about how every time I play with food, even if it's a bite, that's going back. And I don't want to, I don't want to hurt my family anymore. Um, there's all, there's been so much of that. And um, today's my anniversary. And it's like, <laughs> we've been together 36 years. And I've only been sober with food, like, off and on this last year. So that means that I put him through an awful lot for a really long time and he's really hung in there but I was feeling it when I heard your share like what others really go through um and I think I owe him more amends I've made amends to him before but he's owed a lot more than that um feeling really sad about it actually the other thing that you reminded me of is um one of the things he had to put up with is how my rules were always changing. My food rules. Oh, so many food rules. And especially way back when, it was kind of like, you know, he didn't know what to expect from not even day to day, but like hour to hour. You know, I'm not going to eat this. I am eating this. I can't eat that. And then he'll see me eating it. And I'm hoarding food in the bedroom. And I'm not going to eat in the bedroom. And on and on and on. And it's like he had to adapt or find a way to adapt to all that chaos, like all the chaos. I thought that the food and just the binge itself was the chaos, but the chaos was all that, like you said, the family afterward, right? It's like, what did we, what did I leave? What did I leave my family with when I thought I was just binging and that was on me, you know? And all it was was, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm fat. 
And that's where my focus was. It wasn't even on my family. It wasn't on my friends. It wasn't on anybody. It was just on me and my body. So I feel really grateful. Today. Oh, my time is up. I'm going to pass. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And I love you all. Thank you, Jill. Dana, share with us, please. Hi, I'm Dana, um, a recovering compulsive overeater. Um, Francis, I just, your your humility brings me to tears. Um, you're really, it's um, a really powerful message. And um, your vulnerability is, um, I mean, I kind of feel like it's, you know, it's kind of, it's like being in God, you know, like you're, you're in it. And I really feel lucky that um, I got to sit here with you today and hear you because I feel like you're bringing me closer to where I want to be. Um, so thank you so much with that beautiful share, really lovely share. I'll pass. Thank you, Dana. Shira L., would you share with us, please? Hi, everyone. <clears throat> Shira, compulsive overeater. Thank you so much, Francis. Yeah, as everyone's saying, what a wonderful story and share. Um, it spoke to me so much the part where you said, you know, you would start every day again and then you would just, how you would eat and do stuff. And then by the time you came home, there were just so many irrational triggers that would just set you off. Obviously, they felt rational in the moment, which is part of what's so frightening um, for the people that we're living with. Um, I think part of program that was like so groundbreaking to me is that as much of a confident person I thought I was, my self-worth was absolutely destroyed because there is no way for my self-worth to be high if I am actively eating out of a garbage can or doing something that is so not me, there's no way for me to feel good about myself after I just took my child's food out of the garbage can to eat it. And I say that and I share that because I, I hope it helps others to hear, you know, the really scary, crazy things we do. Um, but again, I came to program for the food to lose weight and to realize how much of a person I became that I didn't realize I can't be a good wife. I can't be a good mom if I don't love myself. And as cliche as that always sounded to me, it is so true. I can't, if I am just obsessed with controlling my food and feeling like a failure day after day, minute after minute, not even day after day, or then thinking I could control it and then feeling great. And then just dipping instantly within the hour, like the, the fluctuation in my head, the amount of confusion and chaos that was going on in my brain every single day. And then I have to look at my child and give love to my child. I am unable to do that. I'm unable to do that to my husband after I am just thinking about what an absolute failure I am and what is wrong with me and just the mess in my brain. And obviously that is the thought process before program. Once I came to program, the, the realization of, you know, this is understanding, first of all, what is going on, I am not alone, was enough of a somewhat healing for me to realize 
how not to be so hard on myself, you know, how to build my self-worth. And then obviously all the other wonderful parts of program, handing it over to a higher power, just having a higher power is just so healing in itself and doing the steps every day and just literally tearing, reconditioning my entire being has been the most blessed, most beautiful thing I can forever, will forever be grateful for and, and so grateful to be here with everyone. So thank you again for your story and share. It's great to be here. Thank you, Shira. Amy L, share with us, please. Hi, everyone. Amy L in California, compulsive eater. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your shares. I am really getting so much from that. And thank you, Francis. I really appreciate it. And many people said that your, your vulnerability and your humility and how far you've come. And I appreciate you You mentioned your divorce because yes, this disease deeply impacts our relationships. And I am not, I mean, I am still married, but I have, have come close to destroying my marriage. I know what that feels like. And um, I do love that passage in the family afterwards where it says, cling to the thought that in God's hand, the dark past is the greatest possession. You have the key to life and happiness for others. With it, you can avert death and misery for them. Because yes, as fellow addicts, we have to feel the pain and we have to see the hope that there's a way out of that pain. So I, I loved also that you shared, you know, my family didn't know who they were gonna see. Uh, that line from To the Wives, when drinking, they were strangers. Sometimes they were so inaccessible that it seemed though as though a great wall had been built around them. Yes, in my disease, I truly did not know how much I impacted my children, my husband, my family. And I'm still making amends. And I'm grateful that I can do that. And even today, though I, I'm sober, I can binge on my emotions and I can feel that wall come up. And it happened the other day with my husband. And thank God, because of this program, this path, I have a way to turn away from that bondage and, and be honest and connect to God, connect to a fellowship that in my 10th step and then come back to my husband and make amends. So thank you so much for your share. Thank you everyone for your service and for being here and I pass. Thank you, Amy. Um, Elizabeth, will you share with us? Can you unmute, there we go. Hi Elizabeth, or hi everyone. I'm Elizabeth, um, compulsive overeater. Um, thank you so much for that lead share. Um, yeah, I'm feeling a lot of emotion about it. Um, just kind of like looking at just things coming to mind about, um, like situations that I've been in where, um, something will upset me so much and I feel so alone because everyone else around me is just, seems to be having such a different experience and not, um, not as triggered, not as upset, not as not having so much difficulty. And um, 
but I, I also see that in recovery, um, you know, and I'm like seven months in recovery, like seven months abstinence so is still, still pretty fresh. Um, but I'm already beginning to see moments in my life where, um, where I'm able to move with more grace and, um, I don't know. I just feel really grateful for the tools and I use them. I use them every day. Um, and I have hope that, that with time and like continuing to, to do 10th steps and have a morning routine and turn things over and go to meetings and work with other people that, um, that I'm just going to gain more and more clarity and more serenity um, because that seems like the trajectory of recovery, just of what I've seen in my own life. And then, um, you know, listening to other people talk who have been in program even longer and have experienced even bigger miracles. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's painful to think of how this, how this impacts other people. Um, but it's also like a real blessing to be able to sit in that tenderness and just be like, wow, and you know, I have this deep feeling and not need to run from it or like numb it with anything. So it can be like a source of connection with other people. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Elizabeth. Will you share with us, Shannon? Hi everyone, I'm Shannon, Recover Compulsive Eater, Bulimic. Um, thank you, Francis, so much for your service tonight and your share and your vulnerability. And um, I just, what really stood out for me is just a reflect on how much everyone always just walked on eggshells around me because um, they didn't know what I was, what, what how I would be and how I would act or lash out. And um, I just think of like, I always thought like, oh, I was only hurting myself, right? Like, it's not like, I'm not, you know, I'm only hurting myself and really like not showing up to family and friends events or birthdays, um, you know, because I feel fat or um, because I, I didn't have enough time to get someone a birthday gift. And so I just want to hide, you know, hide. It was just always hiding and isolating and I see, you know, how that can really injure my loved ones and my friends and my family, just like a huge lack of commitment to follow through, a huge lack of commitment to follow through on my work, my schooling. And I'm just so grateful that I can rebuild those relationships. And whilst I'm not a wife or a parent, um, you know, I, I, I see how I'm practicing these principles in all my affairs and it's possible to have a full and useful life. I'm in the process of like opening my heart, you know, with God's direction. And it's so scary, but it's like, okay, God help me connect with you. And, 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 you know, is this your will for me? Um, it's that new way of living, you know, react, not reacting to life, but showing up. Um, 
And I'm just so grateful I'm not like stepping on people's toes anymore. And I'm like a pleasure to be around. And it's such a treat to, to not be such a raging bitch all the time. And I can just be like nice and hold space for people. And that's like recovery and being calm and not flipping off the handle. I just, I just think of, I just, it was always drama and it was always something. And now I'm just like calm and like, God, let your light shine through me and help me like hold space and listen before I speak. Um, yeah, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Shannon. Let's and now we will stop the recording. Uh, ask the Zoom host to please stop the recording uh, for unrecorded questions or shares.